trigger warning for this podcast may contain explicit material unlike every other episode we've ever done what's up everybody thanks for pressing play today on today's episode of nerd nostalgia we have a super awesome episode ready for y'all we have what we are going to refer to as crisis on infinite podcast in this episode you'll find your regular hosts me Irvin. Brian and Trey, along with two other podcasts, Don't Forget About Us Podcast Show and Nerd by Word. These are some homies that I've met from the comic book community. If you're not a part of it, make sure you follow us, nerd.nostalgia.podcast, Nerd by Word, and of course, Don't Forget About Us Podcast Show all on Instagram. So we came up with this concept to have all of us on our shows, and what we're going to do is have one episode here. Next one will be on Nerd by Word, and then finally we'll cap off with Don't Forget About His Podcast Show. So to catch all of our conversation, you're going to have to go to each of those. Today's going to be the first 30 minutes. Y'all know the drill. Before we get started, here's a quick clip for you to enjoy. My kids like walk in and I'm playing like Assassin's Creed. Like, Daddy, why did you just chop that guy's head off? I'm like, I don't know. Go on. Go play somewhere. Right. <laughs> well, so so maybe it's not the fear of showing it to the kids like because I'm worried no, about it. It's a very legitimate fear to have Trey. That is insane. <laughs> But it's We're also messing. the the We're fear. Messing. It's the fear of my wife finding out that what they saw. That's the real fear. Now that's a legitimate fear. There, yeah. there it is. There it is. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on what we are going to refer to as Crisis on Infinite Podcasts. We have a triple podcast show for you today. We have our hosts, Chris from Nerd by Word. He's half of the dynamic duo. We're missing his, his better half as well, but you know, that's that's okay. Secondly, we have young Ryan from Don't Forget About Us podcast show. And then, of course, you have the two goons and myself from Nerd Nostalgia Podcast, Brian and Trey. Welcome, everybody. Hey, welcome. Thanks hey. for having me. Hi, goons. Hi, no, goons. you and I are the goons. Oh. I, <laughs> I mean, we're Hi, all goon. technically goons. So who wants to describe, since I came in with the intro, who wants to describe uh, what we're going to cover and discuss today on this Crisis on Infinite podcast? This bullshit previous year that we just had. <laughs> Because they're, they're well, everyone else is telling me that there were things that came out and happened during this last year that weren't all bad. I still don't believe it, but we'll have to take everybody else's word for it. True. So that's what we want to do for you guys. We want to give you a little bit of positivity, you know, start 2021 on a definite high note. And let's discuss the positives that came from the nerd world in 2020, because there were some good things, right? I think everybody has their own picks. Anybody want to go first? Any volunteers? Yeah, I want to go first. Do it. Controversial pick. I just two or three hours ago, and this is January 10th, finished watching Wonder Woman 1984. Not everybody liked Ooh. it. Most, most. Okay, okay. Ooh, I man, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people didn't care for the movie, and I think a lot of the, the criticisms are valid. It's in some ways an incoherent mess. In some ways, you wonder why it is that this feminist hero is having a cat fight at the end with a girl whose motivation can be summed up with literally a jealous. cat fight. Literally yeah, a cat was, fight. She was jealous of her shoes, and I chose to be optimistic about this movie and see the good in it 
and see what it could have been as a better movie. What I really liked about it was you go back to the movies that we're familiar with from our generation, The Dark Knight, the Marvel movies, all of these like, oh, what if what if superheroes were in the real world? What if everything was gritty and realistic? And Wonder Woman is a fantastic fever dream of it's just it's a silly comic book movie why did cheetah show up at the white house at that exact moment there's no reason for it she just did because it was helpful for the plot why is it that a stone can grant wishes and it sometimes makes things worse i don't know why did renouncing the wish for nuclear holocaust explode the bombs midair rather than I, I, look it doesn't make sense from a logical, gritty realism standpoint, but fuck, 2020 was gritty and realistic and just a bummer of a year. And so to end off on basically Christmas of 2020 with what is otherwise a, a movie about wish fulfillment and seeing why escapism and fantasy and dreams and wishes aren't always all they're cracked up to be, I think was a refreshing way to conclude that year. Mm -hmm. Would I have preferred a, a grittier, more coherent movie? Maybe. But I think it was in some ways to steal the horrible ending of The Dark Knight. It's not the movie that we needed. It's the movie we deserved, which is stop looking out for wish fulfillment. Stop looking out for a better world. This is what we have. And the truth is what's important. And that's, Damn, that's going why deep. That's why okay. Wonder Woman 84 is my pick for best thing to come out of 2020. That is going to get a lot of controversy and pushback. <laughs> it was hot garbage, well, but <laughs> I like the points he made, though. It's it's interesting because I I'm probably am I the only person who hasn't seen it yet? Spoiler Thanks, warning. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So yeah, I right? haven't seen it, but I've I've seen enough online because people are not great about not spoiling things. Mm -hmm. So so I get the gist of 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 the issues that everybody had with it, and I think it's really really interesting because Dave and I had um, Mike Lawrence. I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with his work. He's a stand up comedian, but he's like a big nerd, and he always like has these great reviews on comic book movies. And when we had him on, he was like, "I'm kind of looking forward more to DC movies." despite their history because i know what's going to happen in an mcu mm -hmm. movie in a dc movie i have no idea what the hell is going to happen whether mm -hmm. it's going to be good or bad or something yeah. in between you know yeah, so so that's that it's interesting that you said that because that's exactly what it reminded me of that's so funny i yeah i guess if you look at it through his lens right through that like kind of parody-ish very comic booky goofy movie then you're like it's, okay it's not that bad but if you were to look at it through the other lens that we're used to like you said then a little bit different so another note is like one of the serious missteps of dc movies is they try too hard they lean too hard into that gritty realness so and and you know that's at the very least that i appreciate about a movie like aquaman or shazam where they're like stop taking yourself so seriously this isn't the real world this is superheroes uh so like the more successful ones for me the ones that i appreciate more are, are the ones that stayed away from the the gritty all depressing darkness stuff mm-hmm mm-hmm that just stems from Nolan stuff, you know, because it was so successful. And, right. you know, the Dark Knight trilogy, that's that's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, whoa, what if Batman was real? Like, this is what it would look like. I think at the time, though, we were we were in this post 9-11 period and we were like, man, we really need to buckle down and, and be serious. We needed that sense of realism. I think after 15 years of that, I think after the year we had last year, we just I think that it's a nice palate cleanser. Like I said, it's not a perfect movie. There's a lot of stuff that if you could take it back to the editing room, maybe don't have two introductions back to back with the weird, incoherent 
arena games plus the mall scene you know you could change up some of the the dialogue between cheetah and wonder woman but i think on the whole like i said it's not a perfect movie but i i really do think it's it's something that we needed in light of a well isn't life miserable still and you know life is you know full of corruption and you know we should all be ashamed of ourselves this is a movie about appreciating the truth so i'll i'll rain on your parade a little bit and and i agree with it it (laughs) what actually happened because of when it actually did come out but production wrapped on that movie in december of 2018 Mm -hmm. and then they had some you know retakes and stuff in july of 2019 they had no idea that all this shit show was going to happen for 2020. So it wasn't like they developed this movie to be a lighthearted end to a shitty year. It, it, it just was weird. It's just, it's, a, it's just not a good movie. It's just, no, it's and it was, it was coincidental for sure. And I think that you're right. I mean, there, am I going to go back and, and pick this movie out of the, the $5 bin at Walmart? No, but I'm glad that I got this as a palate cleanser. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair. That's fair. That it was the uninten- unintentional consequences of coming out when it did. How would you fix that movie? Put, let me pose that question to you guys. What would y'all do? I, I would have done practical effects for Cheetah. Uh, that, that's a superficial answer, but I think that would have made it a lot better. Uh, make it look more like uh, Marty McFly and Teen Wolf than yeah. uh, nice. Judy Dench from Cats. That's probably the first thing I would do. Like I said, get rid of the two introductions, pick one of the introductions and run with it. Um, I think the Themyscira scene worked. I think you didn't need them back to back. You could have put one in like the middle or something and like flashback to it. I, I thought the Themyscira stuff was really cool. I I was confused what game they were playing because it, it didn't seem to be followable by the audience. Anyway, I, I had a whole big problem with that. And the whole... <laughs> The whole idea at the end of that, which was the truth's all that matters and you should follow mm-hmm. the truth, which was kind of the, the through line of that movie. You could have plugged that in elsewhere or you could have plugged that in through the mall scene somehow. That's what I would change about it. And I would I would probably want to develop is it Min- Barbara Minerva. Yeah, I, I'd want to develop Barbara more as a character. You gave her some screen time of she's nice to homeless people and then she murders <laughs> a guy in the streets. Spoiler warning. Uh, yeah, Chris is like, thanks for telling me. <laughs> uh, I, I have the, the good thing is, is like the bar is really low right now. So anything positive that comes from viewing this film is going to be great. Oh, I think I, you're gonna, I, actually going to end up liking it just because of Brian's like standpoint. Like you'll go in with that. Oh, it's kind of a goofy movie. Like think yeah. that. And I think you're going to end up actually liking it. Mm. And I, I had seen a lot of the reviews that talked about all the negative things. And so I what I went in with very low expectations and I went in with an idea of, of what was going to be wrong with it. And a lot of those things were met. But, you know, we got what, what, one comic book movie last year? We had a couple. All right. Well, yeah, not, it was not definitely many. in the top three. <laughs> top three. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. What, what yeah. else would you guys fix in it besides uh, practical effects and. Quit using the term monkey paw over and over. We get it. It's a monkey paw. We get it. Don't <laughs> say that word again. You just like saying the word. Stop. <laughs> We get like the script writer discovered Twilight Zone. He was like, oh, man, oh, monkey, monkey ball. Ball. shit. No one knows about that. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever seen any of this before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, didn't they just also, do it on Rick and Morty? Yes. What would Chris Pine have had? Would Chris pa- or I would Steve Trevor have had the monkey paw reference in his mind since he died in like 1915 or something? Mm-hmm. Or 19, well, I guess it was 1914. 
Yeah, but I mean, it 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 does pre- it do- it does predate Twilight Zone. Like we know it from that because I guess that was one of the first times it was brought to like mm-hmm. the screen, right? But the story of a monkey paw had been around for a long time. Look at us talking too much about monkey paws. Just stop now. <laughs> no more saying it. No more saying oh, okay. it. It's done. So they said it enough more- for everybody. I would have added more Chris Pine 1980s references and like, yeah. you know, like the, with the trash can thing. Like I really enjoyed all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that was fun. But it, there wasn't enough of that. I think they should have sprinkled it more throughout the movie instead of just that one scene. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first, uh, folks. The founder of the Nerd Nostalgia podcast wanted more nostalgia. So weird. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> the, the stuff that I was initially like, uh, but I eventually said, well, that's just part of the movie was... Why did a replica jet at the Smithsonian have a full tank of jet fuel for two, two, like a round trip to Egypt and back? Don't know. How did they find the invisible plane? Spoiler warning. After uh, they landed it somewhere in Cairo. Um, these were these were kind of those like realism questions I had, but that's I think it was that scene where I was like. Who cares? Just shut your brain off. <laughs> anyway, that's my 1984 reference or my 1984 review. Uh, what do you What do you guys most love about 2020? Woof. <laughs> it's a little tough, but uh, two things that I loved for pop culture and media and all that stuff. My favorite movie of the year is the Justice League Dark Apocalypse. Mm. I think that's the best cop movie we got this year by far. Just the fact that you see Superman being so hard-headed and Darkseid, I'm just going to give the beginning. I'm not going to ruin everything, but Darkseid put a chip inside Cyborg to spy on everybody in the Justice League, and he got away with it with his plan. And we just like do a time skip into the future of like Justice League just failed completely. Everybody, like 75% of the Justice League is dead. <laughs> it's a really screwed up movie. Um, I highly recommend it. And it has a great ending, has a cool Flashpoint style to it as well for fans of that with uh, some Thomas Wayne and some reverse Flash coming out of nowhere too. So definitely my best movie of the year for sure, if anybody else has seen that on the panel. I heard really good things. I haven't watched it yet. I wonder if it's on like Redbox or um, one of those. Is it on HBO Max, you think? I'll double check for you for sure. But yeah, it's definitely like the best comic movie we got this year for sure. Nice. Yeah. No, I'm gonna have to check it out. So many people told me to watch it. I, I never got to it with all the distractions of this year. What's uh, right. what's your second thing? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Irvin on the post. It actually is on HBO Max. And now back to the show. Uh, I believe it's called uh, Life After or Afterlife. It stars Ray Gervais on Netflix. Afterlife. Yeah. So the premise of the show, I'm talking about season two. It came out last two years ago now. 2019. It's about how somebody copes with the loss of somebody that passes away from cancer, but like in the most fucked up, maniacal way possible. So he doesn't see the point in living. And then when he gets held, this is the first episode, he gets held up at gunpoint by a bunch of dumbass kids and he just doesn't care anymore. So he tells them to fuck off and he thinks his superpower is to be a cunt to everybody. And that's an actual quote from the show. (laughs) So for the two seasons, it's just him being a, like you said, a cunt to every person imaginable. <laughs> really uh, dark humor, but makes you think a lot about life. Perfect for 2020. <laughs> nice. Okay. 
I hadn't heard of that. Show. I'm gonna have to add it to my uh, to my list. Anybody else watch that before? I've I, I've I, seen it, but I haven't gone. I haven't gotten to the new season yet. So, but yeah, I, it's it's Ricky Gervais, and he's hilarious. Right. So it's, it's it sounds <laughs> it sounds very on brand for Ricky Gervais from from what oh, you're yeah. describing. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome, Chris. What do you got? Or do you want to go, uh, Trey? Who wants to go? Who wants to go next? Yeah, I'll hit it. Um, for me, the the best thing pop culture nerd culture wise out of out of 2020 i would probably say be x of swords over at marvel um big big x fan and it was a little difficult bouncing back and forth for from the different titles the reading order of everything but it was a really really interesting event and it was really really a nice feature of apocalypse like now what was x of swords can you explain that to uh to the fans and the people yeah it was uh, it was a Okay, so X of Swords was a comic event for Marvel Comics that was like across all of the X titles. So you would read Marauders, then you would read X Factor, then you would read, you know, back and forth with this. And then they had X of Swords creation, X of Swords stasis in the middle, and then X of Swords destruction at the end. And then in between there, you would cross back and forth. So basically the premise of it was uh, the original four horsemen of the apocalypse. Apocalypse's actual children have come to destroy Krakoa where mutants have kind of created their own sovereign nation away from the rest of the world. They finally had enough of the persecution and, and being killed off by humanity. So they created their own nation. Well, Apocalypse's children have come to take over Krakoa. And this is just like the battle back and forth for that. But it was just a really, really interesting uh, event for Apocalypse for a, a character that I've also always found fascinating, but but it really explained a lot of his backstory and why you know got to be the way that he is right now. Oh, that's cool. There's there was one cover that I really liked from I think it was Exoswords. Um, it had I think I want to say it was Magic or Emma Frost on the cover, and there was a dragon in the background. And I picked it up, but um, that's the only thing that I knew from from that series. Yeah, it's a it's a really great feature for a lot of popular characters, and and Magic is definitely one of them. I, I just really really love that character, and and it made the New Mutants movie all the more disgusting with the portrayal of Ilyana. Nice, Trey. Well, mine's actually a couple things that happen, and I, and I say a couple things. It's really the Netflix kind of carrying us through. 2020 and releasing things like umbrella academy season Mm -hmm. two and things of that nature you know we've we've talked about it on our show a couple of times is you know the resurgence of the lesser known comic titles and independent comic titles dark horse and things like that or i say they're independent but lesser known you know my my take on umbrella academy i watched it without having read any of the like the first season read it or watched it without having read any of the comics and it made me immediately go out and try and track down the comics. Right. And then the same thing with season two. Oh, (laughs) you gotta, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Mine are. So he does his individual editions, which is, that's cool. And, and Ryan, you do too, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm a, uh, omnibus guy. Yeah. I'm a uh, omnibus guy. Like I don't, I don't want to have to wait, you know, a week or go track down this issue or whatever. Just give it to me hardcover put it on my shelf and I know where it is. <laughs> so yeah, I have, I have actually the first three collections for umbrella Academy in, in hardcover. I went and bought the newest, the newest um, series uh, and I haven't read it yet. I bought it a long time ago and I haven't read it yet. I'm just kind of holding back on it, letting, letting season two in Dallas kind of settle in my mind and everything that, and I have plenty of other things to do and read, but that was really cool. And then you had things like lock and key, which, you know, or what was it yeah. called? 
Yeah, Lock yeah. and Key, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out of nowhere, right? Like I'd never heard of that one either. And they they brought that one to Netflix and kind of just let it let it let loose. But even outside of Netflix, we had things like you know The Boys. Uh, I guess season oh, two boys, came yeah, out in yeah, 2020, um, which these guys have been kind of telling me, hey, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I I am not even through season two yet, but it was something that towards the end of 2020, when I actually started watching it and getting into it, it's it's one of those things I can't watch it with kids around, right? Like you got to mm-hmm. wait for them why to not? be asleep or, or <laughs> why not? <laughs> um <laughs> The first, so this doesn't spoil anything. The first episode, the first scene of the first episode is a woman getting ran through by a soup and she explodes on the screen. So as as a childless old man, why would you not want to expose your children to that? I mean, go for it. But when they grow up to be like weird and serial killery, then, you know, that's that's it you know see 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 i'm of a danish background and danish parents tell their kids abruptly everything like sorry your grandma's dead like she didn't go you know she, like it's just done so how like, did she die suicide <laughs> <laughs> so like my kids my kids like walk in and i'm playing like assassin's creed like daddy why did you just chop that guy's head off i'm like i don't know go on go play somewhere right <laughs> well so so maybe it's not the fear of showing it to the kids like because i'm worried no, about it it's a very legitimate fear to have trade that is insane <laughs> but it's We're also messing. the the We're fear <laughs> it's the fear of my wife finding out that what they saw that's the real fear now, that's a legitimate fear there, yeah. there it is there, it is. there yeah <laughs> there that's it a is. unanimous yes across the board kids can't watch afterlife they can't watch the boys too many uses of the word cunt in like a matter of every five seconds now, for <laughs> yeah sake, for both they, of those shows are, one and four years old so yeah yeah 11 months yeah you don't want that to be the kid's first word right right (laughs) yeah i mean but there's there was there were some things and and kind of going back on what brian was saying around 84 being very a fever dream just kind of like light and airy to finish off 2020 like those dark gritty shows like umbrella academy is a pretty dark gritty show uh the boys definitely so yeah. lock and key was a little lighter it was on the it was more on the eerie side versus being um you know dark per se because it's it is about kids um there was a lot of darkness that just kind of was like this fits the mood let's just watch it you know i i want to see somebody blow up and get their head crushed in and Stuff like that and and just weirdness that is Umbrella Academy and, and honestly just the greatness. So those are my couple from from a TV standpoint, but from a from a fiction standpoint, there I was luckily able to collect and read not as much as I thought I was going to be able to during Corona Teen, but I was able to pick up some books that were released towards the end of 2019, early 2020. That um, counts. That that I got to read during Corona Teen, and so nice. one of those being uh, Brent Weeks finished his Prism series, the Lightbringer series, with the Burning White that came out in in the at the end of uh, I guess it was Q4 of 2019, but I got to actually read it during 2020, and so that was really cool to have you know a what series that, that I've been reading sir? for a long. T- What's that? What is that about? Explain that. So uh, Brent Weeks is uh, an author from Montana, I believe, like of all places, and and really interesting. He writes in the style of it, it is definitely fantasy uh, based. All of his stuff is fantasy based, but it is written in more of a common modern language. 
Um, so it's not very flowery language or anything like that. It's pretty gritty. So he has another series, which is the Night Angel trilogy, which mm-hmm. uh, Irvin, you've read that. But this is his second series that I know of anyway, and I could be misquoting that. So Brent Weeks, don't, don't hurt me. <laughs> it started off several years ago, and it was supposed to be another trilogy that he was writing about basically humans in, in this world, in this land that he created that could control colors, right? So it's all about prismatic colors and the powers that colors give you and things of that nature. And then it's also about the struggle of the whole realm and with their government and their religion and things like that. So that touches on a lot of different topics. Um, and so it's, it, it, the trilogy turned into five books. And so the, the fifth book finally came out at the end of 2019 and I got to read it in 2020. Brent Weeks is a great author and actually a great person. I've met him once just once but he was super nice super personable just a really really like all around great guy really funny for his reading for his new book that was coming it was the third book in the uh, lightbringer series he actually went back to his previous trilogy and did basically a dungeons and dragons role-playing game with (laughs) the audience that was his book signing and reading and stuff so he just was like i'm gonna make this like choose your own adventure and we're gonna we're going to have somebody roll up at the front to see if you pass some of these dexterity tests and things like that. So really, really cool guy, great writer, really enjoy his stuff. And so that was a good thing that came out of again, end of 2019, but that I got to experience in 2020. Um, And I'm sure there are more books that have been released in 2020 that I will get to, um, but I have not got to yet. So if I could uh, piggyback off Trey real quick, it's funny you said that about the Dungeons and Dragons things because uh, DC Universe, they uh, they have their own app and everything like HBO Go and all that jazz, but it's no point in owning it anymore because everything's going to HBO Max. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the shows they had was hosted by Sam Witwer, who was the voice of Darth Maul, and then he was in the Forest Unleashed as Starkiller and all these different characters. He did the same exact idea. He did a DC version of Dungeons and Dragons and it would invite on different celebrities to create their own characters and stuff like that. So it's one of those hidden gems on the DC Universe app if you're interested in D&D. So it's pretty cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that existed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, to, our, to, to staying on the DT, D&D uh, line, not another D&D podcast by the, the ex-folks over at College Humor. They finished their first campaign after 100 episodes this year during oh, 2020 wow. during corona team and they they have since started a new a new uh campaign but finished a hundred episode campaign in 2020 all remote and it's not and, and it's not uh and it's not like short no episodes right it's like hour hour and a half two hours like it's it's long episodes so it's really impressive but it's actually really funny not a D guy Trey turned me on to uh, to it, and it's actually really funny because they're just it's it's hilarious the adventures that they go through. It's, yeah, because it the it is they are huge D and D nerds. Don't get me wrong; they know you know they can give you all of the spells and and they can tell you you know exactly how far you need to fall in order to get this much damage. I mean, they are definite D and D nerds, but at the end of the day, they are what is it three? It's four. I'm sorry, four comedy writers. That's what they do. I mean, they they wrote for College Humor. They wrote for Adam Ruins Everything. And then actually uh, Caldwell Tanner, who is, is one of the uh, one of the co-hosts, he writes for Big City Greens on Disney. 
um, as well as draw. I don't think he draws for them, but he does have, he's a very talented artist and he draws for other cartoon shows and stuff like that. So again, it's four writers in a room acting out this campaign and just making it a shit show. And so it's hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely very, very lighthearted something when you're kind of trapped and you're doing the dishes or whatever, that's what I do, you know, like mowing the grass or doing the dishes or cleaning the truck or whatever it is, you know, you pop that in and just, and you have a, a pretty good laugh. And so again, it'll take you pretty much all of 2021 to get through it. Uh, Cause they, it, it, it goes and even just listening to the backlog will take you forever, but it's totally worth it. It, it does come together in the end. And they are hilarious and fun people, huge following, like no idea they had before, Corona teens shot them down. They had all these live shows and would sell out uh, up in the Northeast. Actually. I think they did one in New Jersey hmm. um, and they did one in uh, Critzburg, which was Pittsburgh. Um, and there was a couple different ones that they did, but before all of that, I mean, they would sell out shows and stuff. So that was actually a really cool, again, it's not necessarily popular culture nerdy, even though stranger things did kind of pull that, pull that back into the limelight a little right. bit for for the mainstream but um just something fun just uh i don't you know we talked about it a couple times but that was another thing that happened that was pretty cool for 20 train urban did listening to that podcast encourage you to get more into D D? absolutely no because trey you've Trey, you've run a camp, you've run a, a one-shot campaign now, i've run a, right? yeah i've only run a one shot i don't have enough time to to come up with one okay Irvin, you have still have no interest in still no living interest. in a world no. of pure imagination. <laughs> I mean, I may, I may be nerdy, but I'm not that fucking nerdy, you know. No, Irvin, up, Irvin. Irvin is a you party really killer. You've got comic books on your wall. That's, <laughs> that's your that's your fucking abstinence wall. Women come into your, your bedroom and they're like, "I'm gonna go wash my hair right now." Somebody, you know, you got to draw the line somewhere. You know, you got to draw your nerd line somewhere, and his he draws his a D and D. And yeah. I have fully embraced it. It's funny that you, that you said that though, that, um, that, you know, that brought that into the limelight. I was in one of the comic book stores here. They do board games as well. So D and D and I don't know, whatever the stuff. D and D is not a board game. It's a pen and paper. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Irvin. Get together. Um, <laughs> but while I was there, so I don't know if y'all saw the show on Netflix. What was it called? Uh, the Queen's Gambit. The chess yep. show with uh, with our girl Magic on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's her What's her name? Her real name? Her government name? Anya. Oh, uh, Taylor Joy. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> there you go. So, Anya was uh was I I thought she was incredible in that and I reviewed it. But just in passing, while I was like comic book hunting and like looking through the bins, I overheard he was like, yeah, he's like, I had so many chess boards and I sold out. He's like, whenever that show dropped, he's like, pretty much everybody started wanting to play chess again. So. I think it's funny that some shows like that do influence things. So I was having a conversation with a guy the other night and he said that the, he, he was already a chess guy and uh, you know, chess.com had like a 4,000% increase in, in wow. uh, members. Like it was something nuts. You know, I don't know if it was 4,000, but it was some nuts number that they increased as soon as the queen's gambit came out and had like a week or two to be out for people to watch it. And then chess.com just boom. Shut through the roof. Within one month of that time, though, all of those 4,000% increase dropped because they're like, fuck, chess is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought this was just like checkers with like more pieces. 
It's not. I thought I just got it's high, looked easy. at the ceiling, and was was gonna be gifted at this. <laughs> that's pretty. If you haven't seen the show, that's pretty much what happens. Right. Well, guys, I am going to have to cut it off there. It's a good stopping point. We're going to continue on this episode on the Nerd by Word podcast. And then shortly after that, it'll be on Don't Forget About Us podcast show. So please head over to Apple Podcasts, drop that five star for both us and them, and also go check out their shows. Give them a like, follow, and a subscribe. Well, that's it, guys. We'll catch you all in the next episode. And remember, stay nerdy, my friends.